Can you tell the people what it was like to meet me? Because I <laughs> like my meeting you story. Do you? You remember it? Uh, yeah, I do. A little bit. I remember some of it. Do you? I don't think I do. I don't think I remember it. Was it weird? Yeah, I was weird. I was difficult <laughs> to you. Oh, were you? Yeah, because you went up and you were kind of new, but like then you sat down and we like chatted for like 20, 30 minutes. And it was like a good chat. We talked about stand up. Uh-huh. And, and I, I want to say we talked about like joke writing specifically, which I was like impressed with. And like, so we talked, we had a direction with it. And then you're like, that's great. Like, can I have your number? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I have enough friends. I, I want to say is what I told to you. And I was like, so just follow me on the social medias and I'll follow you back and I'll just talk to you through there. Yeah, that sounds real difficult. That sounds yeah, like you made I was difficult. being difficult. And I forgot that I had said that. And then I saw you at the comedy store like two years later. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, why didn't you call me? You're in town. And you're like, <laughs> you told me you had enough friends. And you... <laughs> I do remember that. I remember yeah, seeing you at the like, store. Yeah, and you told me that, and I was like, did I really say that? You said yes, and I was like, that's hilarious. And then I gave you my phone number, like, immediately. And then we never used it, neither one of us. No. no but, like, but I mean, we, we made it. We're back now. Yeah, but now we got each other's Zooms, you know? Like, that's it. That's it. We're in it. What's your plan with stand-up? I, uh, I don't know. Keep doing it. I just like doing it. That's my uh-huh. my favorite part of it. So I don't know. <laughs> that sounds stupid. I know that sounds. Stupid. No, it doesn't sound stupid. Number. No, that's literally the right answer. By the way, <laughs> you're like worried about saying the right thing. No, I know. You're supposed know. to enjoy that part. If that was the part you hated the most, I'd be like, quit. Yeah, I feel like some people do not like that part, though. I feel like people are just doing that part to go other places yeah dude i don't like like, okay i like my jokes sure right yeah i like telling my jokes i don't like that i have to tell my jokes to people (laughs) so when i'm on stage i'm not comfortable i'm not happy when people are like i come alive on stage i'm like no I really have to grind every gear in my body to be like, this is the delivery and this is how you tell it and how you present and how you stand in front of people and breathe. I had to like take every notch of it because there's no yeah. point of it. I'm like, and this feels good now. Right. But I love jokes so much. I never want to stop writing them. I never want to stop telling people the jokes I wrote. It's just right. a goddamn shame that I have to do that. I feel like I'm imprisoned to that other part of my love. Sure. I could see that too. I feel, I feel the same. I really, I like my jokes a lot. And I feel Mm -hmm. like if they, like, if you ever get anything from them, it's the jokes that got you there. Cause it's not you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just the jokes. And I feel like. I want to say it's the opposite now. Yeah. I think people will be like, yeah. Or like your personality really needs to thrive. And then if the joke so hits, now you're flying, but the personality can carry you through your sets more than when your personality fails and you still have jokes left in your pocket. The audience has already sold you out of it. And they're like, no, no, that's fine. 
you can keep telling us we're we're done with you. That's true. That does I, that happens a lot. But then you like people's jokes aren't strong enough to not have a personality, but they think it is. You know, like they think their jokes. Yeah. Are... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your and jokes then... are not your personality. They're just the things you say while you show your personality. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, I just sorry to get all Buddha on you. <laughs> like your jokes. It's good. <laughs> Can I get? Yeah, it's party? great. Yeah, it's what I'm devoted my life to. Like the way a monk does a religion. Why wouldn't I take it as seriously as they do their religion? That's true. You got. Yeah, you got to. I have think about sacrificed my entire life to it. Yeah, no, I mean, I literally moved to a different city where I don't know anybody. I know them now just to devote my time and life to to jokes. It's crazy. Some people would say that's nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Those people don't have to do stand-up. It's fine. I don't want them to be here. Yeah, yeah, totally. Don't do it. Don't don't make it harder for us who are willing to do it. (laughs) Um, here's the thing. They don't make it harder on us because they disappear. So to me, it's don't waste your time. Yeah. You're going to do it for two years and then be mad you waste doing it. If you aren't truly addicted, don't keep going. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Like deep. It's also super deep. I guess, I guess, well, I would compare it to like beer. In the sense that I don't like the way beer tastes. I have a sweet tooth. Beer's not sweet. Even when they're like, this is a sweet one that tastes sweet. You're like, I don't know. It tastes like beer still. Uh, so the idea of me becoming an alcoholic, I would have to try extra hard to become an alcoholic because I am not enjoying any of the process. Right. Yeah, you got to work. And so, yeah, exactly. When I see people miserable doing stand-up, you're just like, it's like watching somebody work super hard to become an alcoholic and you're like you don't need to become an alcoholic you can live a healthy life without any of this uh, yeah that's a good that's a good note yeah i was curious if you were gonna dedicate your life to stand up like i was like you're one of the people i thought would move out here by now uh i've definitely toyed with the idea of it like everybody has but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't. I don't. I feel like it, it, comedy is so at the point where you can do it anywhere that you don't need to make the jump. But also that's coming from somebody who hasn't made the jump, you know? As somebody who has made the jump, you're right. There's, <laughs> a, there's the big pros and cons of when you live out here and when you don't live out here. The pros are pretty much the... I can watch the best of the best any given night in person and I can do it often enough that I can become friends with them and stuff like that. The con is I don't get the kind of stage time that you guys are privy to in the sense that like, if you want to go do a half an hour, like next week and you can just set it up in a bar, you and three friends are going to do half hours each. Yeah. That seems so difficult here. Or if you're going to do it, you have to like rent the theater space. And you're like, all right, guess we're all chipping in 200 bucks. We're probably never going to see again. So we can do a half an hour to learn that we have 15 minutes. You know, like it's, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what I've like toyed with this whole time. It's like, oh, you can just make any amount of stage time you want here or within 20 mm-hmm. minutes of here, you know? And then LA, it seems like you're just grinding your teeth to prove that you can do it at all, you know? <laughs> yeah, which most people fail at that grind, by the way. Yeah, I can see I that. mean, when you went from Tucson, which by the way, for people listening, we're acting like no one's listening, but they're listening. <laughs> to the people listening, when you do an open mic in Tucson, Arizona, there's like, how many people would you say are an average open mic there? 40, 50? Yeah, yeah, around that 40, 40. Yeah, and every now and then it's like, you're like, oh, fuck, there's like 100 people here. You know, like you get that stuff. Uh, in Los Angeles, you get two, three, and they last about one or two comics and then they leave. Every open mic eventually by the third or fourth comic seems to end up only being just the comics. So the ability to be able to read a crowd is something really difficult to learn in Los Angeles because you're not reading a crowd. Right. To where when you're in Tucson, you can learn to build momentum and to do all those other things and build all of those skills that you don't necessarily have. Yeah. And I'll just say, as somebody who comes from Tucson to do that, and then every now and then comes out to LA to like visit our scene. What do you think of the scene and how it runs and how it works out here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like... And be it's harsh on it, please. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't been out to LA in a few years, but when, I, when I've gone out there, it is like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's weird to do like mics and stuff at like two in the afternoon mm-hmm. to nobody at a coffee mm-hmm. shop that like... Uh, the owner will come in with their child and be like, okay, we need to, this is not going great. You know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> but I've watched cool. owners quit open mics in the middle of the open mic or they're like, we're just done here. We're not doing yeah. this anymore. And they're like, yeah, but I, I bought a coffee. They're like, enjoy the coffee. You're not getting up. It's your, your 32nd. You're not, you're not going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the the plus side of that is you get to do 40 open mics a night or whatever. Um, but again, losing the getting able to read yeah. the crowd is, is a big thing. Yeah, there's thing. a quantity over the quality. Yeah, for sure. Which I feel like is also the same with New York and stuff. But like here, I mean, now there's, there. I mean, now before there was a open mic every night in Tucson, which was pretty good. And I think the thing about here is there's such like a diverse uh, group of people, you know, it's like, it's a the little blue dot in the red state, but there's still that. Just by the way, I would dot. also say that with the question mark. Yeah. Yeah. A diverse group of people. <laughs> Are they diverse? Yeah. Are they people? We'll, we'll find out later. Yeah. You have to, it's, it's broad. Just keep it broad, you know, it's, mm-hmm. but it's still like, runs different runs of people and they'll come to open mics or they'll be drinking at the bar and pay yeah. attention but I which know. i think you can get good out here you have to focus really hard and you got to make goals in your sets to like learn these things yeah totally i when i really first started contemplating it i was like two years in moving to la i was like two years in and mm-hmm. i i don't think that which is way been, too soon 
Yeah, no. I do not think that would have been a good time at all. Yeah, I, I moved out here like a month in, by the way. So, oh, yeah. but it wasn't because I was like, I'm ready. I in no way thought I was ready. I knew I was 10 years away from ready. It was Tucson had two open mics for the whole week. And right. Laugh was trying to shut down the other one. They wanted to only have sure. one open mic a week. Yeah. And so I was like, and I would ask the people that came through, the headliners, and they were all like, no, you got to go to a place where there's open mics every day. Yeah. And so I, I took that and I ran with it. You know, you're like, okay, well, then I have to move. And if I'm going to move, why not move over there? So that way the people I start with, I can watch become famous and whatnot. Right. As opposed to like Phoenix, where I just watch them move to LA. Yeah, yeah. I know people, people were like thinking like, oh, Phoenix is going to be the next LA, but I don't know. It's just so. It can't be. We- it can't, right? It's just, it's such a no, weird thing. because city. everybody that gets good enough to do LA is going to move to LA for the production there. Yeah. There's not TV shows that are being filmed out here. There's no writer rooms out there that are the same as out here. That's why LA is LA. Yeah. It's not because the stand-up scene's great. It's because we pluck the best of the stand-up scene because we hire them. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's it. That's how, we, that's how we handle it. That's, that's the way to do it. Just, just buy it all. Just buy the talent, you know. That's what, that's what LA's for. We're the New York Yankees of stand-up comedy. If you're good <laughs> enough, we'll just hire you onto our team. It's a dream. Mm-hmm. You seem shy today, Matt. Although I feel like every time I've talked to you, it's been like this. You're shy yeah. and I just overexert onto you. I just project too much. <laughs> you think I'm just putting up with you, right? <laughs> oh, I feel like everyone's just putting up with me. That's not an ironic title. <laughs> I carry that guilt with every conversation I have. I think it's good. I think it, uh, it, it helps me, I think. <laughs> does it yeah i think so my intensity helps you <laughs> yeah uh-huh i like it explain to me uh i don't know it makes it feel like there's a goal to accomplish when, when talk, like, there always is a goal to accomplish <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i mean you yeah gotta, yeah just, and by you, the way the goals are simple when i talk to you i want to take a laugh that you don't want to give me and i want to take it so essentially i'm just trying to get you to like intensely laugh especially this i always did this as a kid if you were a shy kid in the same class i was in i would try to sit next to you and throw enough jokes at you that you'd like enjoy the class more than other people like for some reason i would go to the shy kids and i'm like yes i'm going to make their day that's yeah that's a good uh that's a good personality trait i think or awful, depending on, you, you know, like, if you don't like that personality and they're intensely like, we're going to make you laugh, you're like, no, back off. It can be really bad. That's true. Do you run, do you run into that a lot? Do you think people are like... No, awful? not a lot. But when I run into it, it's intense. You know, like, it's like when you see two dogs meet and one of the dogs just starts going ballistic even though the other dog was just sniffing him and he was like, no, I don't like to be sniffed. It's like, I'll run into those people. I will meet those people. And I don't blame those people. You're like, oh, no, no, we do not mesh. Yeah. But I feel like you, you wouldn't take that personally. I feel like some people would take that personally. I feel like you're just like, whatever, move on to the next person. 
go to the next yeah because it's my fault yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's why it's just like it's not their fault for being defensive on my abrasive personality on that yeah you show up and you're like oh yeah 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 i'm sorry we'll give you the space you need but i'm also very aware of people's boundaries and respect them yeah so if somebody's like i don't like this i'm not gonna sit there and just keep poking like do you like it now like that's the rudest thing to me i could never if they don't seem like they enjoy it, which by the way, I'll try to pluck people who I think enjoy it. Sure. That matters a lot. That's uh it that's does. good. It's good self-awareness. That's good self-awareness. I a believe lot I of have people self-awareness. Yeah. I, th- I I believe that. I believe 90% I believe of the humans just lack it. No, but I believe oh, yeah. that people just lack it. Like even when I watch them walk down the street, you're like, how are you guys not bumping into each other? You guys aren't even looking, you know, like there's nobody. Yeah. Which sounds like it has some awareness, but it's just like, that's just humans radar to be able to prevent it. Sure. Which cell phones have really brought that to life. Yeah. Yeah. What's the amplified it. What's the thing you like that you don't think matches your personality at all. What's the thing I like. Oh man. I don't know if there really is. I feel like a, a pretty plain vanilla. You feel like you're just a everything. stereotype? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I like vanilla ice cream. I like white bread. I like the Beatles. No other bands. <laughs> so you just named my three favorite things right there. That was it. Yeah. And they're like, hey, do you like flavor? You're like, no, why? I don't do flavor. I put mayonnaise on my sandwich. That's it. Mayonnaise, bread. The driest turkey or chicken you can find. Please. That's I all. like my steaks well done. <laughs> Covered in steak sauce. That's it. I mm-hmm. love... Really? You don't know? I don't know. I really. What, like, what, give me an example. What do you think is surprising about you? I love like Regis Philbin and I don't think people would see that coming okay because of my age but I also think because of my personality people be like I I understand her love of Regis but but like that kind of stuff like I love that I like but how can you not like Regis Philbin though like the people seem to be surprised yeah but he's like one of my top celebrities it's not like Regis is like Everyone likes Regis, but nobody is like, oh, you know who I would meet if I could meet anybody. You know, like no one's like, yeah, exactly. They're like, I want John Cena. I want to meet Tom Brady. And I'm like, is Regis Philbin coming? You know, like. Yeah, you're always on the lookout for Regis. I am. You know, I work around productions. Sure. I know that his daughter works in productions. I've never met her, but I would like to. but it's always just like a you never know who's gonna walk into a production one right. day it's gonna be regis that feels like it's one day it's everyone else so far yeah and you're you like when like you do could... Regis and i get our moment do you think you could control yourself when you met regis or do you think you i think would... i could yeah 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 Level like heavy. i don't know have you ever been starstruck uh yeah i think so 
From who? I once met I met Steve Nash once at an airport. And that was nice. like that was like pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Are you a giant Steve Nash fan? I I was when I was a kid. I think that's it wasn't what, everybody. That's what in gets Arizona? you. When you're a kid, the people you love as a kid are the ones you get starstruck over, for sure. Yeah. Cause like if Billie Eilish walked into the room when we were there, it'd be like, that's Billie Eilish. And you're like, oh, that is. But we don't idolize her the way we do like a Steve Nash. Yeah. Or like for me, like I feel like I would get starstruck for Hulk Hogan because I had action figures of it. Yeah. That, yeah, you're being like, an action figure. Exactly. My childhood action figure just walked in the room. But being around enough productions and being around enough stars and ones I like specifically, uh-huh. I can feel it in my chest when the starstruck thing happens, but it's not like as uncontrollable. I don't go out of my way to embarrass myself. I actually will excuse myself in this scenario. Oh, yeah? I was yeah. once working an event where I was bartending. And Tom Cruise walked up to the bar. I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast yet or not. And he ordered something, and I didn't remember what he said. And he, like, then was smiling and waiting for me to, to do the order, and I was just staring at him back. And I was like, uh, I don't know a good way to say this, but I was, like, processing that you're a real person talking to me so much right now, I didn't even listen to a word you said. You're going to have to repeat yourself. And he went, oh, I would like a water. And I was like, water, got it. That's how much I wasn't listening. There he is, little Matty Zemek. (laughs) Matt Z. Okay. Matt did the confusing thing of having his Instagram handle and his Twitter handle be different things. Damn it, Matt. Okay. If you want to follow Matt on Twitter, it's M-A-T-T-Z-I-E-M-A-K. If you want, you know, so his name, Matt Zemeck, as it will be spelled in this episode's bio. Instagram, he put a little dash in the middle of it, an underscore in between Matt and Zemeck. Z-I-E. M-A-K. Uh, check it out. Great joke writer. Good jokes. He's a little nerdy dude the way I like. You know, like like I was saying in the episode. Like, I always try to spot like the guy that looks a little insulated. And I'll just, like, go in and try to attack him with jokes. You know, like, and that's how, that's how I handle him. And I like it. And I, it, I feel like he likes it. If not, I'm bullying him. And I'm sorry for bullying. Uh, yeah, guys, that's, that's the Tucson week. Next week, I want to give you guys a little chunk of what I'm doing next week. My sister texts me a message. She goes, hey, I understand comedy now. And I went, all right, I'm listening. And she says she wants to do stand-up. And she then said that she would like to talk to me about, (laughs) uh, about what she needs to know before she does stand up. And I went, oh. Uh, nothing, just do it. And then she was like, that seems mean. And I was like, no, it's honestly the answer. I'm sorry the answer sucks like that. And she was like, you're not being compassionate. And so I was like, you know what? Come on the podcast, ask me every question you want to ask somebody before you do stand-up. And we actually had a great chat. So that's coming next week. I'm super excited for that. 
my sister for just me giving advice to people who have never done stand-up before that want to give it a shot. So if you have a friend who wants to do stand-up, doesn't know what to do, instead of bothering me with some DMs or something, or trying to have a conversation, you can just send him that podcast. Sent her that podcast. So I'm excited to have that out there. It's going to be a fun episode. I already recorded it, so I know it's a fun episode. Uh, yeah, as always, you can find me at Aaron M. Marsh on anything, including my Venmo, which I got to say, I haven't received a Venmo from any of you in a little while. I'll even take pocket change. You know, like, although I don't know if you guys saw on my Twitter, I, uh, I said, hey, my Venmo's broken. If anyone can Venmo me $50. And then the legend Tommy Jonigan. One of my favorite comedians, who I don't know. He doesn't follow me on Twitter, but he saw it because he got a couple retweets. Venmoed me $50. And he went, hey, is it working? So good. Love it. So at Aaron at Marsh for my Twitter fun, for my Instagram fun. I'm posting up a lot of pictures of pizzas with weird toppings. Check it out. In fact, send me pictures of pizza with weird toppings. Because almost all of them I put up, people have sent me in my DMs, and I think it's hilarious. People lose their mind. Because uh, a lot of them are gross, and people get so mad to see gross pizza. Um, and then, of course, thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. Find a place in this world I'll never belong I've got to be me I gotta be me What else can I be But what I am I'll go it alone That's how it must be I can't be right for anyone else If I'm not right for me I've got to be free I gotta be